Well, it's good to be with you. <laughs> Steady improvement. Steady improvement. Uh, uh, it is really good uh, to be with you. And I really need to say, I see they advertised the service as a service on giving, and you came along. <laughs> that takes courage. So maybe you can turn to the person next to you and say, you're a courageous person. <laughs> the text that was given to me, uh, some incredible words that Jesus spoke, and I want to share them with you. Uh, they'll be up on the screen. They are from Luke chapter 6. Um, they're words I've often, I've often pondered very deeply. And I'm hoping today that they will be words that will find our, their way into our hearts. <clears throat> Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap, for the measure you give will be the measure you get back. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap, for the measure you give will be the measure you get back. So we thank God for those words and we pray that they will find a way uh, into our hearts today in a way that will bring life and joy and meaning uh, uh, to us. I want to extend, if I may, I want to extend an invitation to you. Uh, I often do that, you know that. I extend the invitation to myself as well. And it's an invitation that, that comes from the very heart of God. It's an invitation that comes directly, directly from the lips of Jesus Christ. And it's an invitation that touches every part of our lives, every part of our lives, every part. And it's an invitation that if we were to really take seriously, if we were really to take seriously, it's an invitation that opens up our lives in a very deep way to God's presence and God's activity in our lives. Can I say that again? It's an invitation that if we take really seriously, it opens up our lives to God's presence and to God's activity in quite a remarkable way. And it's the invitation, here is the invitation, it's the invitation to become a giving person. 
to become a giving person. It's an invitation to go on that long journey, that long, long journey from getting to giving. It's a long journey. Maybe we can check in right now how we see ourselves. Quick check. <laughs> Just in your own imagination, draw a graph. Just draw a graph in your own imagination. One to ten. One, getting. Ten, giving. Okay? And I'm going to invite you to just locate yourself and you don't have to go public. <laughs> just relax. When it comes to your friendship with God, do you seek to get or to give? Now be honest with yourself. In your own relationship with God, do you seek to get or to give? Where would, you, where would you locate yourself on that graft? Those of you who are married, would you see, where would you locate yourself in your marriage as an as a intimate partner? To get or to give? Again, where would you put yourself? And it's not a, this is not an exercise in self-judgment or condemnation. It's just being honest. In terms of your career, the work that you do every day, is it about getting? Is it about giving? Where would you put yourself? When you come to worship, when you walk in here, is it about getting something from this? Or is it about giving something? Where would you put yourself? When it comes to your resources or my resources, where would we put ourselves? Is it about getting? Is it about giving? You see, it touches every aspect of our life, every aspect. Would, how, how would you describe yourself? Are you in life to get or to give? <laughs> I don't know about you, I kind of move up and down a bit, I must say, to be honest with you. Full disclosure. <laughs> I move up and down a bit. I move up and down. Now, it's against this backdrop that I want us to take a long, long look at these words, which will come up on the screen again. Luke chapter 6, Jesus is speaking, and you can look at them again. Now, the one reason... People sometimes say to me, Trevor, why, why on earth do you follow Jesus? Why do you follow? What's, I simply follow him because he's the Lord of life. He's the master of life. He knows how reality works. So when he speaks, 
speaks, I listen because I know this is how life can work. He's the Lord of life. And when I receive him into my life, I receive his words as well. And when I begin to build his words into my life, I begin to discover a lightness and a freedom and a joy that I find nowhere else. That's why I follow him. He leads me towards life at its deepest, at its fullest, and at its richest, at its, its, its abundance. And that's what he says. Now what I want us to do, very simply, is just look at the words, and I've wrestled with these words myself for a lot of this week. And I just want to share a few thoughts that I hope th through which maybe God may say something to you personally that will be helpful and life-giving. I'm not trying to get anything out of you today. <laughs> I want to share good news. I just want to share good news. I want you to, first of all, as you look at those words, I, will, I want you to notice the invitation. It's a challenge as well. It's the invitation and the challenge to become a giving person. The first word, give. Now let me speak very carefully. Notice something. Notice that the word give stands alone. Immediately, we think give, we think money. <laughs> That's what we think. Jesus doesn't mention money here. There's not one reference here to money. We, giving is, is a, a way of life. <laughs> we give our attention. We give our time. We give our gifts. We give our talents, we give our careers, we, and we give our resources and our money. Giving has got a big landscape. And I just want you to notice that. The invitation here is to become a certain kind of person. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Am I communicating? It giving touches every part of life. And then when will you notice secondly, notice just on the other hand, notice that as we step into the world of giving, we step deeply into the world of a God who acts, who blesses, who gives, in a way that far exceeds what we've given. Does this make sense that when I become a giving person, I open my life up for God to act in a very deep way in my life, in a way that far exceeds what I've given? 
that the joy, the freedom, the dignity that comes into our lives when we begin to give cannot be measured. Please don't reduce this to a little transaction with God that if I give God one rand, he's going to give me ten rand back. God is not a vending machine. We're in a friendship with God. Don't trivialize these words. Somehow when we start to give, we begin to experience God very deeply. I never forget 1978, I worked in Washington, D.C., in the inner city. I never forget this, and I worked with a remarkable man, a Gordon Cosby, and it was really in the kind of impoverished areas of the inner city of Washington. And there was a woman in this church, um, and Gordon, that was the name of the pastor, had a big influence on my life, told me the story about her. She, she was... I think, well, she was a widow. She had six children. Those are two facts I know about her. And she had a very menial job. And every month, she would give to the Church of the Savior, that was the name of the church, $4. And Gordon was uncomfortable about this. And he, he said to her one day, you don't have to give. You don't have to give. And when he said that to her, she began to cry. She said, you're trying to take away from me the one thing that gives my life dignity, the one thing that gives my life meaning, the one thing that gives my life joy, I can give. And you want to take it away from me. When we become giving people, we experience a dignity and a joy and a sense of contribution that far exceeds what we give. Think of a time when someone that you knew and they, their loved one died and you, you bake a cake or you make a meal and you take it around to them. That experience, that experience can't be measured. It can't be measured. It far exceeds that plate of soup that you take to them. The joy, the sense of contribution, of it far you are receiving much more back in your lap. Much more. It's the way to live. Why are we so unhappy? We've we've forgotten how to give. That's why we're so unhappy. But let's go back to the invitation. And it's going to come up on the screen again, and you will pray that it'll come back on the screen again. <laughs> I want you to notice that this invitation comes from the very heart of God. It comes from Jesus. Jesus is the heart of God. This invitation is coming from Jesus, from the heart of God, if that makes sense. 
So when we are invited to give, we are invited to reflect the family likeness. <laughs> I think many of us, and you often hear me say this, we all have a picture of God. All of us. All of us have a certain understanding of God. And our understanding of God rubs off on us. We become like the God we worship. If you worship a God who's violent, I guarantee you, you'll become violent. If you worship a God who accepts certain people and rejects other people, you will accept certain people and reject other people. Our understanding of God rubs off on us. I think some of us have quite a stingy God. <laughs> a stingy God. Uh, I love the story told by Basil Hume. Basil Hume, uh, he headed up the Catholics in the UK, I think in the 50s and the 60s. He was a wonderful man, a delightful man. But he tells a wonderful story that when he was growing up, his mom, who was a very strict person, always kept cookie cookies in the cookie jar in the lounge. They were on the mantelpiece. And she used to say to him, Basil, you're allowed one on a Sunday only. And you need to know that God is watching you. So the, Basil grew up with this picture of this God always watching him to see if he would steal the cookies. Kind of a stingy God. And then in his 20s, Basil's life was turned upside down by Jesus Christ. Christ entered his life and gave him a totally new picture of who God was. And when he was in his 40s, Basil says, you know, I often think back to those days. And I have a hunch that God would have said to me, hey, Basil, why don't you take two? <laughs> you know, the one thing that attracted people to Jesus so much was that he always gave. He gave attention to people that no one gave attention to. He gave forgiveness to those who didn't deserve it. He gave his time to those around about him. And even on the cross, do you remember when they ripped that cloak from him? He gives, he gives. And Jesus reveals to us that God is a giving God. God is not a stingy God. And so when I begin to become a giving person, there's a sense in which I, sh I reflect God. I reflect Christ. God begins to rub off on me. And one of the big things we need in this country, God knows, with a leadership that's always seeking to get, what we need just to be a sign of contradiction is to let God rub off on us. to let God rub off on us. This invitation comes from the heart of God. Can I say one more thing? Are you up for one more thing?
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> notice, just notice, notice that Jesus doesn't say here how we must give. Notice that. Can you see any rules there? There are no rules. There are no rules at all. There are no do's and don'ts. You can't say, ha-ha, I've done it, I've got it right. <laughs> he leaves the responsibility for giving entirely in our own hands. We have to suss out what it means to give. That is our responsibility. And we suss out how to give. Because we need to give wisely. Because you can give stupidly. <laughs> so one of the deepest questions I've wrestled with, I think for over 30, 40 years now, is how do I give my life wisely away? How do I give it away? And I'm not going to give you any rules. <laughs> but I'm going to call you into a deep responsibility, if I may, and myself. And I've got three things that I have found helpful to guide me. They have been helpful for me. They may not be helpful for you. The first thing I have found helpful is to face up to my own greed. Just to face up to my own greed. <laughs> you know, I've been in the ministry. Now, this is not a lie. I've been in the ministry for over 40 odd years. That's a hang of a long time. I've had people confess all kinds of things. It's a great privilege. Confess addiction, affairs, theft. I, will, I won't even say what else. And I mean that. I've never had someone come to me and say, Trevor, you know, I'm a greedy person. Somehow, it's something we cannot face about ourselves. It's so hard to face my own greed at times. And I think that's where it starts. It's just to say, God, God, I know you love me. Will you shine your light on my heart? And will you just show me my own heart? Just show it to me. I just want to see what my heart's like. And God will show us. I think that's where we start. That's where we start. To go on this journey from getting to giving. I think my second tip is start with those closest to you. Start with those closest to you. Closest to you. In Maybe people you live with, maybe you live on your own, maybe extended family. Just start giving to them. Just start giving to them. Give your attention to them, your time, your forgiveness, your resources. Invest in them. Invest in them, those closest to you. I saw, on my Twitter thing the other day, I saw this person at Wits getting their doctorate in, I don't, so it was some science, and he was giving thanks to his mom 
who held two jobs down for 35 years as a domestic worker so that he could get his PhD. Invest in those closest to you. I love these words. I, I'm, I don't know if you've ever seen them in the Bible, but let me show you them, okay? Just look at these words. They come from Timothy. Whoever does not provide for relatives, and especially for family members, has denied the faith <laughs> and is worse than an unbeliever. So it's no good me going around giving to everyone else and I don't give to those closest to me. It's, it's, it doesn't make sense. It's hip hypocritical. So I think that's my second tip. How can I give to those close to me? And then, and here's the third tip. How can I give in the family of faith to which I belong? This family, how can you give to it? Your time. Huh? Thank you for being here. It's an expression of giving. Your, your giftedness. Each of you have got incredible gifts. Each of you. Can you give them to the ministry and the mission of Christ? Phone Quinn and Zooks and say, I've, I've got this gift. I can fix cars. How can you use me? And obviously, obviously, our financial resource. Obviously. People have said to me, Trevor, what is your guideline for giving? You know, you know, Old Testament is clear. Old Testament teaching is a tithe. New Testament doesn't teach that. New Testament teaches generosity. <laughs> I find that interesting because it's, it's more freer. It's more freer. And when I look back on my own life, sometimes my generosity has exceeded a tithe and sometimes it's been way under a tithe. I just have to be honest with you about that. I never forget it's one of the funniest moments in my life. I was here, second year, Northfield, preaching here, and I was saying just what I've said to you. So this one very affluent member comes to me after and says, Trevor, you're a pastor, you struggle to tithe. Can I pray for you? <laughs> so I said, no, no, it's, it happened just over here. <laughs> and I said to him, yeah, you can, but first of all, I've got a question for you. Do you tithe? He said, no. I said, maybe we need to pray for each other. Huh? See, tithing is a rule. It's, you, it's, something, it's a box you can tick. You can tithe and not be a giving person. Generosity is a way of life. It's a spirit. It's an attitude. <laughs> Brings freedom. I invite you to become a giving person. So let me end. 
I hope that I've been able to preach on giving in a way that it's good news. That it's good news. Jesus never, ever put burdens on people. He set them free. He set them free. And when Jesus speaks these words to us that I've gone back to again and again and again, he's speaking them to us so that he can set us free. That he can set us free. To know the dignity, the dignity and the joy and the sense of wonder and the aliveness that comes when you give, when you give. They say that you come into this world with your, your fists clenched as a little baby, and if you're lucky and blessed and you open your life up to God, you die with your hands open, your hands open. That journey from getting to giving, from getting to giving. Just one step today. Just one step. Please don't, after the service, say these words to me. Please. Trevor, I'm really going to try. <laughs> don't say those words. Please. Please. You know, if I go to Debbie and say, Debbie, I'm really going to try. Love you. <laughs> it's not nice. <laughs> Let your heart be touched today. Let the Spirit of God come. Let Christ move into your life. Let God rub off on your life so that your heart just breaks open. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, we try to find words here on a Sunday to speak about the way you hold out life for us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your words because they are life. They give life. They give life. We see the wreckage and the pain and the injustice around us because we can't take your words seriously. But will you help us? Will you help us? Come to us, Spirit of God, and set us free to become giving people. This is our prayer, and we offer it to you with all the love and all the longing of our heart. In the name of Christ our Lord. And we say together, as God's people, Amen.